from the gun again on first down. Fires wide. Juan Daniels, touchdown, Georgia. This is your favorite receiver, Juan Daniels. And you're listening to the DGD podcast with my man, Robert Reynolds. Go dogs. Welcome to this episode of the DGD podcast. As always, Robert Reynolds and Juan Daniels. It is Auburn week, the Deep South's oldest robbery. Juan, what are your thoughts going into tomorrow? Juan, can you hear me? Hello? So basically what we're talking about here is the the Deep South's oldest robbery, right? Sorry for the technical difficulty so far. Um, you know, obviously, you know, huge robbery. You know, Auburn's kind of in a state right now where, you know, you have Brian Harson as your first year head coach and, you know, Mason and Bobo there as your coordinators. You know, I want to hear, you know, Juan, I want to hear your thoughts on this, um, you know, on this game. You know, what does it mean for both teams? Um, it, it, it's huge. I mean, it's the, it's the oldest rivalry in the South. Um, you know, playing in Jordan Hare um, is, is, is something. It, it, it's electric. I mean, seeing that eagle going around and, uh, you know, you, there, there's a lot of electricity going on. Um, what, what, what's kind of crazy is in, in times past, you can just kind of throw out the records. Um, you know, there would be times where, you know, uh, Auburn may have had an undefeated season and Georgia comes in and wins or vice versa. So, um, in which, you know, you have to um, – they're going to be going uh, after each other full time. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, you know, I, I don't think Auburn, you know, is going to win this game. And, and we'll talk more about this, um, you know, as the show goes on. I also just think that, you know, there, there's a rivalry that, you know, especially with this going to Jordan-Hare, Right. I get the heebie-jeebies every time we go there because of just the craziest things that can happen do happen, and it's really there historically, right? You know, Miracle and Jordan Hare, you have kick six, you know, in the same season nonetheless. You know, so there's always that fear of going in there, even if Georgia's a double-digit favorite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, for, for sure. I mean. Um, at, at to Stanford and, and huge upset. I think uh, Stanford kind of jumped out on them. Seems to be having some technical difficulties. One, it might be a connection uh, on your end. But from what I'm piecing together, though, right, you know, Auburn's going to play us tough. There's no question about it. They're going to play us tough, and that's just the way that's going to be. You know, but I want to, you know, talk more about Georgia and what we need to do, right? First road game, uh, big test, right? Probably the biggest road game we've got all year, if you don't count the the cocktail party, in my opinion. Um, you know, with that being said, you know, you've played in Jordan-Hare, you know, so I want to hear, you know, what it's like, what what the atmosphere is like, especially with, with it's, a, you know, Auburn, that's a big game for them, right? So what's that, what do you expect this environment to be? Uh, you know, coming into the game tomorrow from your experience playing there? Oh, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be electric. Uh, they have some of the rowdiest, craziest fans. Um, 
are than to knock off Georgia. And if, if you go back to uh, uh, 1994, you know, Auburn had a 20-game winning streak. They were pretty much, you know, on top of the world. They just beat, you know, they just uh, – and they just kind of looked at us as a cakewalk, and they were pretty much go and play Alabama because we were not great that season. And for us to come in there and tie them um, and, and, and play, we had more to play for than they did. Um, and, you know, a lot of pride on the line. The, the, the crowd is going to be crazy. Um, so expect it to be as loud as it was for, you know, when we played Arkansas. You know, I, I expect it to be rowdy and it to be crazy. You know, Georgia's got that target on their back, right? They're not the number one team in the country, but they're number two and, and arguably number one. Georgia's going to have this target. And, and I think you look at, you know, the remaining schedule for Georgia, you're going to get everybody's best shot every week. Right. I, I think you're going to see that in, you know, the, tomorrow. You're going to see that tomorrow. You're going to see it against Kentucky for damn sure, uh, considering what they're playing for and where they are now. You know, and, and obviously, you know, going to the cocktail party and things like that, who knows what can happen there. But I think what we look at here, and obviously, you know, with Stetson more than likely going to get the start, I really start to wonder if, you know, the keys to victory for Georgia are going to be on relying on the run game again, kind of what we saw against Arkansas, or – you know, do we expect, you know, do we expect him to come out and try to make some throws as well? You know, it's not the same defensive front, things like that. But their defensive line are pretty good. A little bit, a little bit undisciplined at times. But, you know, overall, they're really athletic and things like that. So it can cause some problems. You know, what are your thoughts? It may be like what Georgia has to do to win this game tomorrow. You know what? Georgia just has to be Georgia. Uh, right now, you know, you, we, we are tear when it actually comes to dominating the football game. Uh, defensively, Georgia a lot of pressure on Bo Nix and if, if, if T.J. Finley comes in the game a lot, lot of pressure. Bo can, can actually run around and he's mobile, but so was the quarterback and then Vanderbilt when they brought in their uh, dual threat cutting them down. And I think that the thing to 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 deal with that pressure, uh, you know, f- you know, for three four quarters, the um, ball. Um, I, I think our our uh, our, our line's going to dominate, and we're going to run the football. Yeah, I, I think offensively, and I'll kind of see if see where we stand here with this. Offensively, I think you know you establish a run game, but you know you have to hit the intermediate passes. I think that's. You know, you, you might get a trick, you know, you might get a shot in there to burn them deep, possibly. But I think you see the intermediate game stand out from a passing standpoint. We're going to pass more than we did last week. However, I think you're going to see more of the intermediate, maybe short intermediate, catching space, yards after carry, you know, or yards after catch. I mean, you're going to see that open up. And I would really think you start to see a mismatch here from the tight ends. I uh, really believe you're going to see that. You know, maybe even in the slot, right, with whether it's Kieris or Lad McConkey, things like that. Whoever's playing in the slot could also be a huge factor here, depending on, you know, the, the way they line up on the defense. Also, right, offensive line made a dominant statement last week against Arkansas, really showed up and showed out. I expect the same to this week because you, you have to at this point. So, you know, you get the running game going, run to open the pass up, basically. You know, that's the offensive game plan. But I think defensively, right, contain Bo Nix. 
we saw against LSU, that offensive line of Auburn is terrible. So, you know, obviously that's the hugest, you know, the mismatch that Georgia can face right now with our defensive line. There's no question that we're way better defensively on the line than they are in the trenches up front on offense. Take advantage of that, but also make sure you contain. So I expect maybe a spy, you know, playing a lot more uh, from one of our backers because of the ability of Bo Nix to, you know, to get out of the pocket. One of the things that I love about this defense, though, is we're able to rush upfield and vertical rather than rush the pocket. Keeps keeps mobile quarterbacks in the pocket unless the collapse from up underneath just wraps them around what we've seen so far this year. That right there, if you contain Bo Nix and expose the weakness of their offensive line, it won't matter. It just won't. At least that's what I'm thinking. What do you think about that? Well, it might have some connection here. But now we'll go over to the brigade. Obviously, it's Friday, so we'll read some comments real fast while we get stuff situated. Um, morning, Jay and Tanil. Uh, you know, Jay mentions that he was arguing with some nitwit troll over his stereo bill video, had to put him in his place. <laughs> so, you know, Tanil also thinks it'll be over by halftime. Uh, you know, Juan, do you think that it would be over by halftime? I know the the the, the spread, I, I think, is sixteen. Yeah, it, it'll be it'll be open by, uh, over by the beginning of the second quarter. I'm I'm almost Ooh. guaranteeing it. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm looking at that as well. I, I think, you know, their offense is it's not terrible, but like I said, the offensive line of theirs is is really a weakness and a vulnerability. And let's just be honest, our defense is so stout. I don't see a lot of scoring. I really don't. I mean, you're going to have to score on defense to to beat us in this game. We have to we have to literally play down. It, it would just be insane to lose that. Um, you know, looking at uh, here, look back into the brigade here. You know, uh, Green Soldier uh, says they run several uh, some coverages right for these throws, uh, seven to fifteen yard throws, breaking them down over and over. Yeah, I mean, to you know, what, what I was saying, I think the intermediate game is going to be there, and you have to execute. Uh, you know, he says Brock. Uh, Washington, uh, Kieris, and McConkey will have a good day. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think that's got to be the case, especially in the pass game. You know, depending on which receivers come in, you know, you could see some deep shots. I just don't expect it maybe once or twice. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens over there. Um, but, you know, I, I think this will be a game that it will be pretty over before half. I think you'll be out of hand. And then, you know, hopefully we keep putting our foot on the gas and, and roll with it uh, as the game progresses. Juan, are are you still there, or are you having some technical difficulties? I think we may have some technical difficulties, guys. With that being said, we'll transition over here. Look, we're going to make a couple of announcements while we get this situated here. Uh, we're going to talk about La Terrain watches. Remember, la-terrain.com. Use code DGD at checkout to get 10% off of your purchase. Great watches, uh, even better quality stuff. You know, I, I'm loving it here. I, I love La Terrain products, uh, not just because they're sponsored, but I really like their products. And I think you would too. Also the holidays coming up, it's gonna make a big difference here and get that watch, glasses, something like that for your significant other. I think it's a perfect gift for Christmas. Also, Veterans Day show, November 5th. Noon, Chris Milton, myself, Juan Daniels, 
talking football and military, and we are going to be using donations going directly to the Wounded Warrior Project. With that being said, Green Soldier, back in the Brigadier section here, thinks we're going to see a lot of two-on-one from the O-line, and that puts those tackles on an island. Don't think they hold us for long or they'll take the flag. Yeah, I, I think you might see a lot of holding, depending on how things go. Uh, very, very well might happen. Uh, we'll see, but, you know, I, I, I think we can, you know, if we contain Bo Nix, I think that's the ultimate uh, downfall to them not being able to, uh, you know, being able to sit there and uh, score the ball, move the ball. I think they move the ball. But I think we we take, uh, you know, we take Tank out and uh, what's the other running back? I forgot his name. Both of those guys, I think you have to keep those guys, you know, be keep them ineffective. Ultimately, that's how you win the game. Yeah, uh, Green Soldier asks, uh, military talk, I'm here for it. Hey, man, November 5th, you'll hear some stories. And he's back. He hey, is- sorry about that. I just had to move to a different area. <laughs> oh, welcome to welcome to technology, guys. I'm just letting you know that now. No, so we were just doing some announcements while we were having some technical difficulties. Um, you know, obviously, Juan, I was talking about, you know, kind of reading through the comments here from the brigade, you know, and uh, Green Soldier's comment here. Like, I want to get your uh, thoughts on this as well. Thinks he's going to see a lot of two-on-ones from the O-line and, and then puts those tackles on an island. He don't think he, he doesn't think that they hold hold us for long or they're going to take flags. I think you can see a lot of holding and, you know, really looking back to last year, intentional grounding. Bo Nix is notorious for throwing the ball away. Even even he doesn't he will not take the sack. So it, it might have that situation where you get a lot of intentional grounding. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's the same same recipe this year? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, again, Bo Nix is kind of a backyard quarterback type guy. So he's going to try to make plays. If something's not there, then again, yeah, he's going to he's going to try to throw the ball away, get an intentional grounding. Their offensive line is not going to be able to hold up. Um, if, if, if Arkansas's line could not hold up as, as much production as they've had in the previous games, there's no way that Auburn's line is going to be able to hold up. I mean, they didn't do a very good job versus Georgia State. They didn't do a very good job, you know, even uh, uh, versus Penn State, who, you know, to me, I just kind of feel like is a little bit overrated right now. But that's, you know, that that's a story for another day. So Auburn hasn't really done anything to really just show that they're going to be ready for this matchup. I mean, I, I think it's going to be complete, complete domination. And uh, for, for the Georgia fans and especially uh, everybody on this, uh, everybody on the uh, on the brigade, it's going to be a very pleasing evening uh, uh, for the dog fans. And it's, look, it's not a noon game. So Georgia fans be excited that it's not the noon game, right? Yep. We're, we're starting to get into this threshold of 3.30 games over and over and over. And, and you know, and I kind of want to get your thoughts on this too. You know, obviously, you know, TV, they have their spots, right, for, you know, what they think. It, the 3.30 games, is it just because of Georgia and, you know, who we're playing? Or what do you, who, what do you think could be the logic for us? You know, when Bama have an A&M coming up, you know, things like that, right? Like the cocktail party is always a 3.30 kickoff pretty much. But I want to hear your thoughts on the string of 3.30 games, right? Everybody looks at because we're going to be on CBS over and over and over again. Look, yeah. I love that. I grew up watching SEC on CBS. I loved it. And I didn't get the – I wasn't in Georgia to watch, you know, or listening to Larry or Scott Howard or anything like that. You know, so for me, I'm glad to see these 3.30 kickoffs, especially on CBS because it's going to be going away. What, what are your thoughts on the 3.30 string? 
Oh, I mean, I, I love it. I mean, historically, we've always played Auburn at 3.30. So it's, it's, it's going to be one of those, you know, those, those, those not necessarily your, your typical prime time. But, I mean, obviously, 3.30 is going to be the best time to, to watch some college football. Um, the only time that we did not play them was, uh, again, I think it was that 94 game is when we actually played them on ESPN. It was a late, you know, late night game. But um, to, to be on at 3.30, that's, that, that's where you want to be. CBS. 3.30, Auburn, Georgia, um, and, and it, it starts off. It's, it's going to be daylight by the time the game ends. It's going to be dark. So it's, it's just kind of a, um, you know, just kind of like a, a cool place to be if you are playing college football. Um, sometimes, you know, you're, you're doing things later on in the evening for those, for those 8 o'clock games, um, 12 o'clock games. No, I, I don't care for a 12 o'clock game. Um, you know, that's usually where I try to get a whole lot of things done, maybe get my my old man afternoon nap um, so I can get ready for the three thirty game. And then, of course, for the later game later on. No, I'm, I'm with you there. I, you know, I want to bring this comment up because I think this is going to be a great transition here. that could also be talked about in the middle here. And I'm bringing it up now. now Green Soldier asked either or right or both. Who has been the toughest game Auburn's played? LSU, Penn State seem really close to him in terms of talent producing on the field. You know, I look at Penn State. I, I think LSU is just a program in disarray. They played down to LSU. You know, the Penn State game was really the litmus test for Auburn up to date. And you know, you look at all. You know, you look at Penn State. They don't have the greatest offense, but they're solid on defense, right? So you know, I think you know Auburn has a a, ch- a chance, but Penn State is not, or Georgia is not Penn State. It's there. Our defenses are completely different on a different level. I think you look at our dif- defense being on a different level than anybody's, almost even Bama's at this point. I think Bama's closer for sure, but I just think that Georgia's defense playing collectively, you know, is just on a different level. And, you know, so I think Penn State would seem close, you know, probably the toughest game they played. You know, look, they haven't played Alabama yet, right? That's the Iron Bowl last week of the season. And LSU also doesn't have a run game, so they don't. They didn't have to stop the run there. They could just rush. You know, when you have an offense that can be that can run and pass, it really is going to test this Auburn defense. And this is where I think it becomes out of hand. So, if you had to choose the toughest game they've played, who would you see? Uh, who would you say? No, oh, def- definitely Penn State. I mean, you're going up there for a whiteout. Um, the 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 atmosphere, every everything is 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 crazy. But, you know, Auburn handled themselves pretty well against a team that, you know, to me, I think is a little bit overrated. They're not as good as, you know, these uh, the the Alabamas, the Georgias or, you know, anything that Auburn is about to face. And to me, again, if you're struggling against Georgia State um, and, and, and you're having to switch your quarterbacks out and you're going, you know, back and forth to win on a last, you know, last minute drive, you're going to be in for a long, long day. And, and, and I get that it's going to be a rivalry. I get it. It's, you know, hey, let's just try to be, you know, don't be overconfident. It's, it's going to be a long day for all. It's going to be a long day. Absolutely. Obviously, you know, Green Soldier brings up another good point. The brigade is coming in hot and heavy today, Juan, with these questions, man. You know, he asked, what are your thoughts on people trying to downplay stats and you can still be nervous for his play style and know that he's the best backup quarterback in the nation? You know, the best backup quarterback, I, I kind of agree with you, but I also don't agree with it. And just the reason being is the talent around him, it, it forces him to where you just hand the ball off. Now, he's also shown that he, you know, he, we know what he's about. He can beat most of these teams, the, the obstacles being, you know, Bama, which is reasonable for, at this rate. And, and then Florida, obviously, I, you know, you can say whatever you want. You know, Stetson got hurt as well. So, 
you know, I'm not really, you know, the, the jury's out, right, for, for Florida. You know, but you know, look, he took care of business, right? And, and I think, but it's a team game, right? The guys love Stetson. He, he's he's dependable. He's experienced, which is the biggest factor here. But he's also providing something that JT can't do just 100% as close. And that's his athleticism, right? We One of the things that I noticed with, with, with Stetson is his ability to scramble and, and avoid these things, right? It showed in Arkansas where he was able to run for the first down. JT would have had to either throw the ball away or take the sack, right? Maybe that's just because it's not his trust isn't 100% there or his mobility is nowhere close. I don't know. You know, but that's something that, you know, it, Georgia, it adds that second, you know, that little extra little nudge of, hey, uncertainty, right? You don't really know, like, is he going to run? You have to account for that. So, you know, the people downplaying sets, and it's just laughable to me, you know. But you also have to look at what's around him and understand you're not asking him to pull off this miraculous feat week in and week out, right? You're giving JT time to sit here and get healthy when we really need him, right? The talent around this program is so, so fast that you don't necessarily need JT. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But this downplay in Stetson is just, to me, it's just ludicrous. Oh, I, I agree for sure. What, one of the things that I've noticed um, about Stetson is the maturity in one year. So a year ago, last year, I mean, you know, you, you're looking at last year, um, he struggled in the big games. He struggled against Alabama. He struggled against Florida. Uh, I, I think the pressure got to him and maybe just being in that big time environment was a little bit tough for him. But look at this last game. You're playing Arkansas. Arkansas is undefeated. They're the number eight team in the nation. And uh, that, that, that gives him every reason to be nervous. This is a big-time game. And he actually came out and played very, very well. So you can tell the maturity level. Uh, I, I trust Stetson Bennett, to, if, 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 if I'm being honest. If, if, if JT can't go, if we're playing against an Alabama uh, this year, I completely trust Stetson Bennett to to protect the ball, to take care of the ball, to run the offense efficiently, get it into the hands of the playmakers. Because guess what? At the end of the day, we have a great defense. So we're not asking Stetson Bennett to go out there and save the world. We're asking him just to do your part and then allow the defense, allow your skill guys around you to 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 uh, to take care of everything. But the maturity of where he was from last year to now, again, for, for you to downplay them is, is, is a huge, huge mistake. Yeah, I, I, I think we're both in agreement there. You know, look, one of the things that I also love about, um, you know, the, one of the things that I really love about Stetson right now is his, his he, he, hold, he protects the ball, right? I think that's another thing. When you're not being asked to do as much, right? Like you look at last year, you know, it was a little bit different situation. Now it's just almost legitimately being a game manager. Right. And, and I hate using that term, but it's legitimately what it's turned out to be, at least for Arkansas, it was you don't have to throw that much. But when you do make the plays right, when you do, you know, scramble, when you do throw, be smart with it. Right. You know, make right. you know, sure you don't turn the ball over, protect the ball. And, and so far, he's done that. I know he threw a pick. I understand that. Um, but at the same time, you know, in, in big games like Arkansas, right? You didn't need them. But, you know, when you do, you know, make sure you're, you know, playing smart. And you can see that, right? I think, you know, easily different from last year, right? You know, you're starting to see, you know, I don't know if you've paid attention to this, but his launch angles are a little bit different. And that's why we're seeing, you know, less batted balls. I understand, 
right? I understand that there was so much chatter last year about deflections at the line of scrimmage over and over and over. The bad part about it is it happened to JT last year, right? Different things. It happens to a lot of guys, but mm -hmm. because he's so short, people bring it up. And to, to some degree, that's accurate. But it's not just him. People, Like I said, other people were getting hit. It's all about your mechanics, things like that. And over the offseason and things like that, you can tell he worked on that because you're not seeing those deflections. Things like, you know, just little little things right there that make a difference. You're seeing his ability to throw the ball deep when he needs to, right? Arian right, right. All these things like that right there. He's gotten a lot better, right? And it's really a luxurious type of feel for Georgia because – Anybody else in the country loses their quarterback one, and people are panicking. You're just in complete chaos. George is not even bad and high right now. And, right. And be understanding of what situation we're in. It's not normal to have this experience of a backup in. It's just something that, you know, not everybody's used to. Don't hate Stetson. Do not do it. I'm telling you, just do yeah. not. Yeah, it, it, this what it, it's a nice problem to have. It's It's something that, Again, I, I hate to go back to 95 when, you know, when we had a, a dynamic team with Heinz Ward, Robert Edwards. And uh, if we would have had a solid backup quarterback, we are still able to continue to go out there and compete each and every week um, and, you know, have an opportunity to, you know, for, for an SEC championship, maybe a, a national championship. But uh, we, we did not have the problems that, that Georgia are, are facing right now. No, absolutely. Right. I mean, absolutely. Now, you talked about 95. I'm going to go back in history here. I'm going to take it just as take it just move up a little bit. We're going to go in between now and, and, and 95. 07. Do you remember seven. what happened in 07? I do. I what do. Might that be? What might that be? Uh, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and I'll let you go ahead and I'll let you go ahead. The blackout. And this is going to tie into this. Well, and the only reason the only reason I, I don't like the blackouts is because of what happened to us against Alabama when we opened up with that blackout and got beat 45 to seven. Um, but uh, I, I was not a fan of, of, of the blackout, but that blackout game, we were there um, in, in, in 2007. Uh, it was amazing. It was just it, it was just out of this world. Um, but. I'm not a fan of the blackout. I'm just after that whole, after that whole, you know, I don't even like to even talk about it. I'm now traditional Georgia, <laughs> traditional Georgia uniforms. Look, I'm telling you right now, man, there's a lot of Georgia fans that are superstitious. Yeah. I, that was rough. That was rough. No, <laughs> but yes, but go back. I'm, I'm sorry about that. I was just I wanted to talk a little bit about it, right? With you know the energy that we saw with No Sean and Stafford. I can never get this out of my head. Uh, you know, obviously that game where that game where Vern was doing the you know massive wide touchdown. Legendary call. Legendary call. But moving on right there, you know, what is it what is it with you know Jordan Hare? I, you've been there, you've played there. I get, like I said, at the beginning of the show, I get heebie-jeebies every time we go there because just the craziest shit has happened. You know, like like I said, the same season, the kick six and, and the miracle in Jordan and Jordan Hare. Sorry, let me be politically correct there. Um, 
You know, also about blackouts here, Jay Scheich, black helmets were a jinx versus Florida. Yeah. Uh, so while we get Juan back here, guys, uh, we'll read some comments from the brigade. Um, definitely going to talk about the uh, – Ooh, there, and he's back. He's back. Yeah. <laughs> no worries right. there. No, so obviously we were talking about, you know, like Jordan Hare. Why, why is it – like, is there a reason for why the craziest things are happening there? I, I feel like it's built under some, like, voodoo – uh, ancient cemetery or something. Maybe it's just me being dramatic, but I feel like there's something there that this is why Georgia can't sleep on this game. You know, the, like I said, the spread's like 16 or something like that right there, but it's Jordan Hare. You have to play it as if it's, you know, like the like a 0-0 game, right? Your first game of the season, you have to play with that intensity because anything can happen there. It's just, it's just proven historically that anything can happen. Uh, you know, like Georgia, you know, they're going to come ready to play do you think they have any kind of letdown mentally or no? They, they won't. So so here here is the issue for for a number of years. It was, you know, Jordan Hare was basically a home game for Georgia. And then Athens was a home game for Auburn. So that was it was kind of, you know, flipped and, and a little bit a little bit different. So hopefully this will be a home game. It's just different. It's 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 a kind of an eerie type of thing. You're an hour behind. And so your routine and your schedule it, you know, you try to stay on that that Eastern Standard Time, but then, of course, everything is based off of Central Time, and everything is just a little bit thrown off. So for 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 us, you know, it, it's a it's a mental thing that 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 goes on, and the, and then again too, um, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to see the Eagle just sit there and just and, and circle the field, um, you know, and and then he goes down there and you know just grabs that piece of meat at the fifty yard line. It's electric. And then when that crowd gets just going crazy and, and all that, it just sends a little bit of more, you know, additional electricity through their players. And I, I don't know. It, it, it's one of those things. It, it could be a trap game most years. This one, not so much. This, this yeah. is going to be, um, you know, I, I feel complete, just complete domination. I, I think so. But I mean, like I said, I think Georgia's got this mentality this year and, and it's kind of shown so far. They go in there, they take care of business, right? You, I, so To date, I have not seen this Georgia team play down to any opponent. You, you can argue the Clemson game. I don't even think it was that. Um, so, you know, to be honest, I, I don't see this. I, I understand the trap game, Phil. I just don't see that. I think, honestly, the trap game is either Kentucky or Florida. Um you know, maybe Georgia Tech – and the reason why I say Georgia Tech is because they're going to play with – like they have everything to gain out of this. There's, they're going to try to play spoiler. And, you know, look, two years ago we saw what happened with George Pickens, right? Like you you might see that again um, with them. I, I, don't, I think we dominate everybody this year. But, you know, I think this game is going to be tough. And like you said, the, the, the Eagle, you know, people – them Auburn fans, they love that damn Eagle, right? You know, so – Get some electricity, but I think the key to the game is to quiet that quiet that crowd immediately. And I think Georgia can do that, whether it be turning the ball over on defense, make it forcing turnovers, or doing doing Georgia football on the offense, run it down your throat, open up the pass game, and get up ahead early. Georgia's been doing this all year, get, getting out to an early lead, early fast big lead, and then just suffocating you for the rest of the game. So I don't expect anything different in this game, but you need to get that crowd out of it because honestly, they'll start turning on themselves if you do. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I agree. And I also agree with Jay. Jay said the first drive is going to set the tone. Um, and our first drives have been great. I mean, we, we've put up, 
uh, a lot of points in the first quarter. Uh, and, and again, that's just coming out there and just completely dominating. And, and uh, it, it, it's great because our defense really hasn't, they really haven't had to be in a, in a pressure situation except for obviously the first game, but also too, you know, don't, don't forget Clemson does have a pretty good defense. And again, you're facing a Brent Venables that had an entire, you know, off season to prepare just for that one game. Uh, so you, you know, you just kind of expect that I'd love to, you know, obviously we won't, you know, have an opportunity to match up with them again, but I'd love to match up with them right now. And I, I think it would be an absolute just dominant, you know, complete obliteration of, of, of the Clemson Tigers right now. Oh, no, at the, at where, with where they are currently, with if you if you account for injuries, it would get it would get ugly fast. It really would. Um, you know, with what they've lost, you know, I'm not going to talk too much on it, but look, they have lost a ton, and it, it's showing right now. And obviously, they're unranked for the first time since, what, 2014, I think it was. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, they are. They're struggling, and, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's a hiccup type of year, but we will see. I have my thoughts on that. I'm not going to go too much in there. With Auburn, though, I do want to get your thoughts on the player of the game. I want to get who your prediction is for the player of the game and, and why. Uh, you know what? I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Zeus this week. Zeus, uh, it, it was, you know, it's been a long time coming. It's been a long time coming for him to have that breakout game, which he did, you know, last week. Our offensive line is going to dominate their uh, their defensive line. I mean, just absolutely dominate them. And uh, he's. I just feel like he's probably, for the first time, will may have you know may have 150 you know, 150 plus yards uh, tomorrow. Um, it, it, it's long overdue, long overdue. Yeah, I know last week, obviously, we, you know, when I called Zeus, we got three total touchdowns. Can't go wrong with Zeus. I'm going on the defensive side of the ball, and I'm calling Adam Anderson. And the reason being is he gave Bo Nix nightmares last year, absolute <laughs> nightmares. I don't see that changing this year. I don't. The way we're able to rush the ball, rush the passer now it's like I said rushing vertically he's gonna he's gonna he is going to produce uh, you know I, yes. I understand I understand the Kobe Dean as well you could really call out anybody on this damn defense and be correct but I just feel like you know when you put that look I don't think they're gonna run the ball that's our bread and butter stopping the run so you're gonna see Auburn in third and medium third and long situations all right what does that mean when you're in third and medium and third and long, that means Adam Anderson's coming after your ass and he's going to get you. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. just what's going to happen. So yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, right. project, I'm projecting Adam Anderson, maybe even Nolan Smith. You know, may, I can't say both of them. I'll have to go one, but I'm going to go Adam Anderson this game. I just think that he gets to him. Elite speed, elite pass rush, and he just contains Bo Nix, keeps him in the pocket and just gets him. That's, that's my play yeah. of the game. With that being said, what is the score predi prediction? I'll, I'll go ahead and start this one. Um, okay. I look okay. at it. I look at it this way. We're going to dominate the ball. I think you. I think you take. You know, run the clock a little bit, kind of similar to Arkansas, but more passing. I'm going thirty-one to ten. Jordan, mm. go thirty-one ten. I like it. I like it. I I feel like this is going to be another shutout week. Uh, I'm sorry. There, I don't see Auburn scoring at all. Um, I, I'm going to go with a, I'm going to go 38, nothing, something I want to go 41, but that's a little bit too, I, I, I the game is going to be so done. You know what? I'm going with 41, nothing. 
Ooh, I'm going with man, 41 to zero. Yes. If if, if 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 they can if they can smash Arkansas thirty seven to nothing, I'm going for I'm going forty one nothing. It's gonna that be is- uh, ju- just like I, I believe Tennille said. It, it's gonna be over. It's gonna be over at halftime. I'm telling you right now, that's a bold strategy, but I like it. I absolutely like it. So we'll re- look. The, look, the brigade is coming in heavy with their suit. Jay Shipes thirty eight three, Tennille forty five to three, being even a little bit more optimistic. Keith Foles like was right there with you at 38 nothing. So, you know, look, the brigade is with you, man. I, you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm giving too much credit. I did this with Arkansas, thinking that, you know, maybe they'd score. Georgia's defense proved me wrong, kept them out of the end zone. You know, look, that Nolan Smith mentality of, you know, even playing the Patriots, right? Nobody's getting our end zone. I like it. I like yeah, it a lot. I, I do too. Uh trip. Uh, says 38-6 all week, but I made just like Jay's 38-3 better. So, look, everybody seems to be on board with yours, man. I, I must be doing something wrong here, you know, giving them too yeah. many points. Yeah, uh, way, way too – like I said, unless unless you give – if unless they have a pick six or something like that, uh, outside of that, I just don't see them – I see it being very, very, very – a very long day for them. I'll tell you this. I think they hit a couple trick plays, Right. That's why I get into field goal range. I don't see them getting in from a red zone type standpoint. I don't see that. I give them a field goal, but then the touchdown is a late fourth quarter garbage time. That's where I'm going. Yeah. Um, you know, well, this is, people. but this is what I like about, you know, and, and I know we've talked about this, this is as dominant as Georgia has been, especially these past couple of weeks, they're not even allowing garbage touchdowns. And it's that's true. what I love about this team. That's those are, you know, th- those are those dominant teams. I-, I think Kirby has that mentality. I I can remember watching watching Nick Saban on the sidelines, losing his mind on players, and they're up fifty six to n- or whatever. But they just have he just has that mentality. I think Georgia now has that mentality to where garbage touchdowns. We don't give up garbage touchdowns. We don't give up points. And so I I, I really feel like it, it's going to be. It's going to be a long day. I'm I'm excited. No, it's going to be a long day. I feel that way. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, look, even so, I don't know who Facebook user is. If you're on Facebook, well, I'll talk a little bit more about this later. Uh, 35-7, you know, uh, to Neil saying that she'll be generous to give him a field goal. You know, my thing is this. I think Georgia ultimately will dominate this game. I think within the second half, you will see a non-close game. I think Georgia still plays with that mentality of, you know, we're not going to let anybody score on us, obviously. And that's working, right? I think it continues. You know, our defense, you know, twos and threes are even stronger than most people's offensive lines, and it's showing so far. You know, whether you say we've played anybody or not, I've heard media people say not. You know, oh, can help. <clears throat> sorry. Uh, but you know, nonetheless, though, right, Georgia's – I expect Georgia to dominate. Look, if we come back here next week and something else happens, we'll have to talk about that, and I'll eat my crew. But, look, it's going to be a dominating Saturday uh, until proven otherwise. Um, so – you know, I like I said, thirty-eight or sorry, thirty-one to ten. You, know, you had the forty-one, nothing shutout. Like I said, that's bold, but I love it. Uh, you know, look, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to wrap this uh, audio portion up before we get to the Q and A here on uh, video. But for those listening, guys, if you want to tune into the brigade, right, brigade bones brigade live chat, basically, if you're not familiar with it, tune in on our YouTube. You know, we're on t- uh, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook uh, live. And, you know, also, obviously, if you're, you know, listening to the podcast, it's just fine as well. Now, so with that being said, 
we're going to wrap the audio portion up. So everybody, I hope everybody has a great day. Brigade, stick around. We got some Q&A coming. Go dogs. Go dogs. This is the DGD podcast. Go dogs.